Hey everybody, welcome to episode 38 here on What About Therapy. I'm Enoch Fossum and I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. And I'm Austin Ivey and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy and we're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists. And today on this episode, we're going to be learning how to name your feelings and how that can help you overcome those feelings. All right, <laughs> like you heard in the intro. We're going over naming our feelings. And honestly, you can use this for like naming your thoughts as well. But for now, for the sake of this episode, it's just going to be naming your feelings and why that can actually benefit you. And of course, it's going to be an acronym, you guys. N-A-M-E. Name is not just... A name. A name. We're not just naming our feelings. That's it's not that's not it. Yeah, but we're naming our feelings. It. All caps. And it's um it's important to recognize, and I guess it could be misleading from the intro, it's not to get rid of these uncomfortable feelings that we're having. I said in the intro that it's to overcome your feelings, and it's not to get rid of them. And what we mean by overcome is to stop obeying them and listening to your feelings and letting them rule your life. And so yeah. let's say you're sad all the time and you're letting that obey, you're obeying that feeling and obeying that emotion and you're allowing that to drive everything you do and make all the decisions for you and you miss out on a lot of things that you want to do. And so naming your feelings helps you get out of obey mode from your emotions mm. and, or that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's what um Russ Harris calls it in the happiness trap. I can't take credit for that. That's cool. what he calls it obey mode and he calls it um I can't remember the other one, but I like the obey mode analogy because you're yeah. just obeying every whim and every emotion that your your brain throws at you. And so, again, it's not to get rid of these uncomfortable feelings, but to help you cope with them and then move on from them to live a life that you want to live. And that's been the theme of our last, like, six podcast episodes. But yeah, because contrary to popular belief, you can't get rid of your feelings. There's no delete button for There's feelings. There's no delete button for feelings whether they be negative or positive. And so a lot of people like life coaches, motivational speakers or whatever, they say you can get rid of your feelings by you know, X, Y, and Z. Do this or, positive affirmation exercise. Yeah. Do this diet. Do this exercise yeah. routine. And your feelings yeah. will disappear. Yeah. Your negative emotions, gone. Those bad feelings, gone. But in all, in all reality, if you're really true with yourself and honest with yourself, you know... That's not true. Mm -hmm. And sure, it may work for for a short time, like maybe a day, maybe a week. But the long run, it never works. They're always going to come back and sometimes even worse when you try to just get rid of them, like we've talked about several times before as well. Mm, yeah, they come back with a vengeance. And um, the only true way to get vengeance. rid of your feelings is... <laughs> I'm vengeance. <laughs> That's what your feelings say when you try to get rid of them. They're like Batman. Vengeance. But yeah, they... Um... <laughs> I thought of the other thing that um, Russ Harris calls it. He oh, calls cool. it struggle mode. We either go into struggle mode or obey yeah. mode where we struggle with our feelings and try to get rid of them and fight them and Batman submission them into mm. doing what we want them to do or be what we be what we want them to be, like be the yeah. emotions we want them to be. Yeah. But it's not possible. We can't do that. And so it's learning how to cope with them and create distance from them so we can do what we want to do. That's yeah. what we're going to talk about today. That's what the skill, the name acronym is all about. So little great quote here from the happiness trap book that we've quoted multiple times by russ harris by russ harris one of our faves he is amazing this book i'm almost done with it it's fantastic 
And so from his happiness trap extra bits, that's what he calls it. Um, the little <laughs> website that he has, it's actually free to, um, free to access. If you'd like, it's just look up happiness trap extra bits and it'll take you to the website, downloadable PDF with amazing mindfulness exercises. All we'll put the, it, we'll put it in the show notes for you. Great idea. We'll do yeah. that. It's great, r- great resource. I love it. But, um, great quote from, from that PDF on the name acronym or the name exercise. It says, a wealth of scientific research shows the less ability you have to name your emotions, the more likely you are to hook they are to hook you and jerk you around into self-defeating patterns of behavior. So it's well worth making the effort to develop this important psychological skill, which is the ability to name your emotions. So it, again, just like most things with acceptance and commitment therapy, that's what this exercise comes from. It's based in that model. It's based off research. It's based off of studies. It's not just a theory. It's not just pep talk. It works, and it's been proven to work through all types of different studies. So mm. um, if that's hanging you up on getting started in this exercise, just know that it's it's legit. It's real. It's been studied. So it reminds me of that vine of that skateboarder kid who is looking at his friends in the bowl skateboarding, and he does a sick trick, and he looks at the camera. That was legitness. That so was this legitness. Is, this is legitness, straight up. Straight up. And this next quote here, this paragraph, rather, quite I'm a paragraph, read, is from mindful.org. And again, this is about naming your feelings. So it says, The recommendation to name your feelings comes from a solid foundation. Research has shown that mere verbal labeling of negative emotions can help people recover control. And I'll add, instead of negative, unhelpful emotions. Mm-hmm. UCLA's Matthew Liberman reverse refers to this as effect labeling or affect labeling. And his fMRI brain scan research shows that this labeling of emotion appears to decrease activity in the brain's emotional centers, including the amygdala. This dampening of the emotional brain allows its frontal lobe, reasoning and thinking center, to have greater sway over solving the problem. And this is where mindfulness comes in. And this is where we're we're really big on this as well. Mindfulness gives us that moment of space as reactive emotions like anger are rising up. If we can see the anger, then we don't have to be it. We can mindfully notice the body and the mind uh, crackling with reactivity and acknowledge or name our emotions as we're having them. Doing so seems to help us disengage from them. We can see them and then we can begin to choose how to react instead of reacting under the sway of intoxicatingly strong emotions. I love that right there. Mm -hmm. We can choose to act to open ourselves and connect with others rather than be carried away in a flood of emotional neurochemicals that wash us over the cliff. And now that last part there, that seems to be the tendency, right? When we're feeling, what did he say? The intoxicatingly strong emotions. The natural thing to do is to clam up to not go out and socialize to not go out and get help and instead of connecting with others seeking help doing things that are driven by our values we tend to do the opposite of that and we eventually get carried away in the flood of neurochemicals that wash us over the cliff and so naming your emotions literally is backed up by a bunch of research which i think is really awesome brain scan studies yeah yeah literal literal brain scans that's pretty that's insane to me yeah i don't know if you guys caught it like when you name your emotions basically what's happening is that it turns off the amygdala the emotional center and it turns Mm -hmm. on 
the frontal cortex, which is the logical reasoning, the yeah. the decision making, the not so emotional part of the brain. It turns off the emotion, it turns on the logic, allowing you to see things as they truly are, which is such a cool thing that we can see that in functional brain Thrill. scans. It's a it's so amazing to see a, it's not just a theory, it's not just a like a snake oil pill. That's kinda of like the yeah. cliche that it's not just oh this will work, this will help. Right. It does help and it's been proven to help. Yeah. And it again, it didn't say it's not meant it's not gonna get rid of these feelings. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it, it said it's you, this like mindfulness and naming your feelings is meant to create that space in between that buffer moment in between the rise of the feelings, the rise of the emotions and your actions. And so you have a buffer, a time to actually make a decision based on logic and reasoning rather than emotions and using that amygdala, the fight or flight response to make a decision. It's not going to be as good as if you make the decision logically with your prefrontal cortex, then if you just made it off, you know, how you felt. I yeah. think if we acted off how we felt as a human society, we would all be just dead. We yeah. would have killed each other off a long time ago. It's really what sets us apart as like in the, in the animal kingdom, I guess, yeah. is that frontal cortex. Yeah. Other animals, other species don't really have, either they don't have one or it's very small. Mm-hmm. And so at least from my understanding of neurochemistry and um, like neurobiology, I don't know much about it, I've learned a little bit, but it sets us apart. We have that ability to logically see things, plan for the future, make decisions, weigh options. And the way that I like to look at this, what I was thinking of when I read the articles is what name your feelings does is at least I did this as a kid a lot, but like there'd be a, like something in the room, like a, some, like a jacket or something like that. And dark late at night when it's dark, that jacket could look like a demon or like a Mm. monster or a ghost or some type of person or animal sneaking into your room to hurt you yeah i still see that sometimes oh me too absolutely especially when you wake up in the middle of the night you look over at the fan and it looks like a demon or your dog is growling at the door (laughs) that's terrifying though freaky yeah and um when we're just sitting there in the dark staring at the problem what we think is the problem yeah and let's say that that jacket on the hanger or the the fan that's the emotion when we're looking at it in the dark that's looking at it strictly through emotions. Mm. We're just, it's the fight or flight, the yeah. fear, the danger that I'm going to either kill this thing or it's going to kill me. That's like, that's the, tra- not the, the traditional part of the brain. What's the um, ancient part of the brain? That's the, what's kept humans alive over the years. Um, but when we engage the frontal cortex by naming the feeling and saying, oh, that's a jacket. That's like turning on the lights. Yeah. It's not literally turning on the lights, but that's kind of the the analogy that I use. When you can name the feeling and see what it is, you, in essence, turn on the lights and see, oh, it's just a, just a jacket. Like it's, uh, it's just fear or it's, it's, if you're talking strictly about emotions, it's just sadness. It's something that comes and goes. It's normal. Everyone feels it. And if that's confusing to you listening, it, it helps me understand, but it's really turning on the lights and really focusing on what, what you're experiencing truly is, what it means and why you're feeling it. And so, that's what name your emotions is all you're about. Yeah. And Zuko so, just jumped yeah, up on my some, lap. Some dog noises. That's Zuko. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if there's nothing else with that, I guess we can get right into the actual acronym. Yeah. Um, we're just going to jump right in. I mean, we we feel like the best like thing to do for this episode, I mean, is just to keep it concise. I mean, mm-hmm. so this is probably going to be a shorter episode anyway. It's, this next little bit is going to go quick. Yeah, yeah. It's not complicated to name your feelings. And that's the whole purpose. 
That's the the purpose of this exercise is that it can be done in 30 seconds and allows yeah. you to, Russ Harris calls it dropping anchor. Allows yeah. you to, when you're going through a storm, you can drop anchor and reevaluate where you're at yeah. and take back, take back control, get out of obey mode, get out of struggle mode and get into living mode. Yeah. I actually so. love that because Russ Harris talks a lot about how mindfulness isn't to get you through or to get you over emotions or to fix the problems. To it's you simply, out of the storm. Yeah. To yeah. get you out of the storm. It's to just to drop the anchor and to give you time and have a strong base to make it through. To allow the storm to pass yeah. by itself in its own time. Yep. Yeah. You don't have any power or influence over the storm, but you do have power and influence over what you do in that storm. So you can drop your anchor, get a solid base so you're not swayed by the emotions, the waves, and let them pass by. Observe mm -hmm. them. Name them. So here we go. Yeah, here we go. So number one is, I guess number one, N, the first one. N is notice. So you first need to notice your feelings. How are you feeling? Where do you feel it? Does it start in your head? Anger for me starts in my chest and works up to my head. And so a really easy thing to say is I'm noticing that I'm feeling anger or I notice that I'm feeling sadness. And remember, we've talked about this a lot as well. You are not your feelings. You are not your emotions. And so instead of saying, I am sad, or I am angry, you need to differentiate that, pull yourself away from those emotions, and say, I am feeling these way, this way because you're not your emotions. You're simply having an experience and you're feeling these emotions. And so that's the first one, notice. And the one thing I wanted to point out is that when you first start to do this exercise, I guess, mm -hmm. it could be hard It could be hard for you just to name your emotions. Like you don't know what you're feeling. And so Russ Harris gives this amazing resource in his PDF that we're gonna be linking to the, uh, the show notes. He just gives five, uh, yeah, it's five basic emotions that you can try to recognize that most people feel. And these emotions are sad, angry, happy, afraid, and relaxed. Mm, so when you're first doing these exercises of the, or doing this name exercise, like I said, it might be hard for you to pinpoint exactly what the emotion is. And so if that's hard for you just to keep those five basic emotions in mind and try to match your feeling to one of those five when yeah. you first get starting. So you can get used to it and then you can can I guess the more you do it you'll get better at recognizing what you're truly feeling and then he gives examples of what the more advanced emotions are not advanced but harder to recognize feelings yeah. are under the like realm of anger he said that could be disgust envy irritation rage with fear it could be horror or nervousness hmm. with joy it could be cheerfulness he says enthrallment pride relief with love he puts affection longingness lust stuff like that hmm. with sadness he does disappointment neglect shame sympathy and with oh i guess he adds surprise as another one um that it could be amazement astonishment things like that and so if you're first starting out maybe focus on those five the uh sadness angry happiness afraid and relaxed when you're first doing these exercises drop anchor with naming those five and then if you feel more comfortable with it Put a different name to it. What is it more specifically? 
Yeah, and I guess the overarching thing that Russ Harris is trying to get at is that there are so many emotions that you could label it, mm-hmm. and there's no right or wrong answer, really. Exactly, yeah. Like, for for me, I could be feeling anger. For Austin, it could be, like, disappointment. Frustration, Or sadness, yeah. you know? And So it, it, don't get too caught up in, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I'm feeling. What exactly is this feeling? Yeah, what yeah. is this? And just throw a label on it. It honestly doesn't really matter at the end of the day. The first step is to just notice. Yeah. And however you do that is different for everyone. And that's okay. Exactly. And it kind of goes into the A in name, which is acknowledge it. You, and acknowledging it, acknowledging your feelings does not mean you have to actually agree with it. And so if you're feeling, let's say you're feeling angry, that's a really easy one. We always go to that one, but it's something that I deal with sometimes. So if you're feeling angry, you notice it. You say, I'm noticing that I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling frustrated. And you acknowledge that it's there, that it's real. And that you're actually feeling those feelings and you can maybe acknowledge some of the symptoms that you're starting to feel. Is your face red? Is yeah. your stomach hurt? Is your, are your ears getting hot? That's, that's one thing for me when I truly get angry. It doesn't happen yeah. often, but my ears get hot. It is weird how that happens. It happens it's, to me too. Yeah. It's, it's like I'm literally, my blood is boiling yeah, and that's what it are. feels like. And so you acknowledge that they're there and you let them, Russ Harris calls it, you allow them to come, stay and go by mm. acknowledging them. You allow them to fully exist that trying to sugarcoat them, change them, or avoid them. That's what acknowledging is in its yeah. in its simplest form, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty similar to notice. But notice is more of like, I notice I'm feeling this, then you acknowledge it. You mm-hmm. say, okay, it's there. You know, I see you type of thing. And one really good exercise for that one that I that I found with the happiness trap is you could say, oh, here comes the, the I'm, I'm yeah. angry train. Yeah. Or the I'm angry story, like, or the whatever it is that, oh, here it comes. Like, I noticed that I'm feeling angry. Here comes the angry train. Yeah. You're noticing that it's there and that it's real and that you're going to feel some symptoms. You just allow it to exist is basically what it's about. Yeah. I love that. He always adds, make sure, at least try and add some humor. Yeah. Make it something funny. Yeah. You know, like, here comes the, I don't know, angry man or angry storm here comes thanos here Here comes comes vengeance (laughs) here (laughs) comes vengeance yeah that's great so the m is make space so what's important here is when you don't allow space for these feelings and you try and like shove them out of the way or put them under the cover put them under the bed however you want to say it they will eventually force them into your life regard they will force themselves into your life regardless if you make space for them or not. And like if you, I've been trying to think of like an analogy for this. Like if you, if you try and um, put like a Lego piece that's not meant to go on another Lego, it's really hard. You just force it on, yeah. You force it on and sometimes it's stuck on there forever and you can never get it off. Or you could pretend that it's the right one and then you go later on in the build and you realize you need that piece, but it's somewhere lost in the rest of the build <laughs> yeah. and it's going to create some real issues. Yeah. Instead of just making space for it, put it in its right place. So when you notice it, acknowledge it, make space for it. And when you, again, when you don't make space, it's going to put itself there regardless. And so you have a choice. You can either, Russ Harris, again, talks about this. You can face the, you can feel the pain of ignoring it or you can feel the pain of making space for it and so either way it's going to feel uncomfortable but one is better than the other Mm -hmm. type of thing and 
when you don't, when you don't make space for it, they'll come back usually stronger. Yeah. That's what we've been able to see is when you try and avoid emotions, you say, I don't want anxiety. I don't want anxiety. I don't want anxiety. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to be anxious. You try and avoid it. They eventually, they will come back even stronger than the first time you felt it. If you tried to just avoid it. Yeah. Cause those feelings, they either need to be addressed cause there's a real issue or they need to be, they just need allowed to, they need time to come stay and go. Yeah. Because when we fight them, when we go into struggle mode, struggle mode or obey mode, that's yep. when we see issues. You, it just needs time to, to just go. Like if it's a, um, another great exercise, Russ Harris, again, is if you imagine, um, your emotions like cars on a street passing by, mm-hmm. if you just try to like chase after a car and just run after it, cause you see a car, like I need to follow that car. Like it's, I need to follow it. You if you chase it down, you're going to get really tired and you might yeah. not ever catch it. It's just, it might speed up. It might get on the freeway and then what are you going to do? And then it's just gone. But when you just like sit on the park bench and just watch it go by and just allow it to be there, then you're not going to struggle with it. You're not going to get exhausted. You're not going to get burnt out. Yeah. When you allow those feelings just to come stay and go and make space for them to do so, it takes away the stress out of dealing with mental health, I guess. Like I think that's, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And this is why when you view mindfulness as dropping an anchor, it really gets rid of the struggle of mindfulness Mm -hmm. because people think, oh, I'm meditating. I'm being mindful why are my emotions still here? You know, like Mm -hmm. the whole point of mindfulness is just to be, just to exist and to name your feelings, acknowledge them or notice, acknowledge, then make space because you can't do anything about it. To be honest, you can try, but studies have shown over these years of, I mean, ever since therapy is getting really popular, Mm -hmm. more studies have come up that it's just, it's not helpful to try and get rid of them. So you make space for them. And like Austin is saying, quoting Russ Harris, let them come, stay, and then go. Because they will go. Even though in the moment, sometimes it'll feel like they'll stay forever. Mm-hmm. But they'll go eventually. And that's what mindfulness is about. Yeah, especially this, this this acronym, this exercise, it's allowing it to do so and giving yep. it the space to do it. And that's what it's all about is creating space. And... um giving you an opportunity to see things as they truly are. Yeah. And the mindfulness really goes into the E in name, which stands for expand awareness. And it's really because we tend to hyper-focus on these unhelpful thoughts and feelings, these unpleasant emotions that we lose touch with reality. We lose touch with the life that's happening everywhere around us. And so by expanding awareness, it can help you realize that this feeling is just a feeling that it's happening inside of you and it's real but it's, that's all it is. It's just a little, yeah. I don't know if it's little, some people it's really big. Yeah. It's just an experience that's happening within you that it is real, that needs to be acknowledged, like we said, but it is, it is going to go away at some point. And so the w- one way to expand your awareness is to, after, acknowledge, after naming it, acknowledging it and making space for it, is to simply look up wherever you are. Hopefully you're not driving. You can't really do this if you're driving. I guess you can. Yes, you could, yeah. Yeah, as long focus as you're, on your driving. Focus on your driving. <laughs> Focusing your driving could be expanding your awareness. Yeah. Is like for us, if I was going through this exercise, let's say I notice that I'm feeling angry, I'm I feel hot ears. I'm getting some real symptoms. That's the name and acknowledge. I'm going to make space for it. I'm not going to try to get rid of it. I'm just going to allow it to be there. And I would just kind of look around the room and name things that I see. Like I noticed that that painting on the wall is it's red. It's very yellow, very abstract. Blue, very abstract. I hear. Well, I'm to go. I heard Zuko playing with a toy. 
and I see that there is a some beautiful succulent on this counter. And you, how great! And that's um, really just the opportunity to say that there's life still happening around you. There's still yeah. things around you that yeah. aren't that succulent is not experiencing my anger. Mm-hmm. But by looking at it and recognizing it, it gives you context that there's things still happening in the world. Yeah. That there's another great analogy is if you were watching a movie and that movie represents your life, everything you want to experience and enjoy. And then the bottom right corner of the screen, there's like another movie playing or like a news channel. Like it just seems like it's like a weird split screen hmm. and there's like another thing going on distracting you. And let's say that's your emotion. You could look at that. And just pay attention to it. You could pay attention to the anger and just watch that instead of enjoying the movie, which is your values and the things you want to want to pay attention to. Or you could acknowledge that it's there and say, oh, that's kind of weird. That box is there. It's it's real. It's there. I can't get rid of it. There's no way to get rid of it. Yeah. So it's there. It's kind of annoying. I don't like that it's there. But I'm just going to continue to watch the movie because the movie's still going and I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. And so that's, that's, how, that's what helped me understand expanding awareness. Yeah. Turning towards things that help you realize that life is still going on, even though you're feeling really angry. Yeah. And one way that I've uh, really implemented this in my life is I love this saying, I don't know if it's it's normally coined by anyone, but you control all the lights on the stage. Mm -hmm. So your mind is a stage. And usually when you feel these really strong feelings and emotions like, you know, anger, sadness, depression, whatever it is, even happy feelings, happiness, cheerfulness, some pride. We tend to put all of our lights, all our spotlights on that emotion mm-hmm. on the stage. And even though the lights are on that emotion, there are still a bunch of different moving parts on this stage, a ton. And so what you can do is since you control the lights, you can take those lights, bring them back and put them on the entire stage and realize that everything else is still moving. Everything else is still going on. And that emotion, that feeling is just one part of the stage. It's not the entire stage, which it feels like it is when the spotlight is just on that. And so remember, you control the lights. You can bring them back and realize that, okay, my mind, my brain may think I'm going to die right now because I feel so angry or whatever. And Mm -hmm. my amygdala, my fight or flight response is triggering, but... I control the lights. I'm in control here and realize that, okay, you can name it again. Just go through the name, name what you're feeling and then move on. You know, this can be something that's done in 10 seconds, 30 seconds. Once you get really good at it, it can be almost Mm -hmm. instant. Like, okay, I like to go through the five senses. Um, that helps me create space, right? And that's really what it's all about is naming your emotions, naming your feelings helps you just create that space and give you a buffer. It gives you that anchor in the storm. Yeah. And I guess applying this into your everyday life, um, what Russ Harris suggests is that you have regular check-ins. That's what he calls it. And you don't need to have any specific schedule, and maybe you do. It just depends on who you are and what you need. But maybe focus on, let's say tomorrow. I'm going to do it with you. Choose a time during the day where you have, uh, he calls it an emotional check-in, where you go through the name exercise. Remember, it's notice, acknowledge, make space, and expand your awareness. <coughs> Excuse me. You go through it, and you he suggests you write it down. The kind of the experience you had, you yeah. like he suggests you put an N, an A, M, and E, and just write down a little note under each letter and kind of 
write it out what you did. So that's why it's important that you do this at a time you're not driving or doing other things. So you can really get the most out of it. But maybe try that tomorrow just once. And like Enoch was saying, the better you get at it, you might not have to write it down. Yeah. But you can do it in 30 seconds. So take a couple minutes tomorrow, even tonight or whenever you're, Whenever you're listening to this, it doesn't matter. Yeah, when you're um, done here. We're recording this at night, so I keep thinking this has to be done tomorrow. <laughs> um, but whenever you have time, it could be right after you finish this episode. Find time, a couple of minutes, maybe 60 seconds to go through it. And I would suggest you write it down at least the first couple of times. Yeah, and, that'd be cool. And uh, he calls it an emotionary instead of like a, a journal, or like a dictionary. He calls it an emotionary. So you can kind of keep track of the feelings that That's you're feeling funny. all day, every day. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's a really good opportunity to pr- to learn a new skill, yeah, which is cool. um, eventually for me. I've I've really implemented this um, since I first heard about it, and I just do it all the time now. We're like, oh, like well, okay, I noticed that I'm feeling really frustrated right now. Yeah, and I'll just kind of go through it, and then it, I feel so much better after I do it. And the goal not the goal is not to feel better. The goal is to get context and create space, and to. Um, get out of obey mode. But for me, I do feel better every time. Yeah, I think that is a an outcome. It's a byproduct. Yeah. It happens a lot of the time, but it's that's not, the not purpose, the goal. But it does yeah. happen. For a lot of the times I do feel much better when yeah. I do it. But Russ Harris makes this very adamant that is not the goal because you won't always feel better after right. doing it. Yeah. But it, it's a very common byproduct of doing this exercise. Yeah. So I just wanted to make that little note. But yeah, try that exercise out the next opportunity you get and then maybe increase the not the severity, increase the um I always forget words. Increase the common how often you do it, I guess. Yeah. Frequency. Maybe, or... Frequency. Increase the frequency in which you do it. Maybe you do it once a day. Start doing it twice a day. Maybe you'll get to the point where you're just doing it every hour whenever you need to. Yeah, because so, it can really take just 10 seconds. Yeah, when you, especially when you get good at it. So there it is. That is name. Name your feelings. I hope you learned something new. And I mean, if you did learn something new and you don't apply it, then did you really learn it? It's not exactly. really going to benefit you at all. And so give it a try. Even if it's just one time, and if you don't like it, move on. You don't have to use it. Mm-hmm. But for me, for Austin, it it's really helps a lot. And, yeah, and Russ Harris makes that a point that not every exercise is going to work, but this is a good one to try and um, give it the time that it deserves to see if it really does help you. Yeah. Because it will take some time at first. Yeah. Just another tool for your toolbox or weapon for Emotional your arsenal. Toolbox, yeah. But anyways, taking us out, as always, is the one and only, the talented, the great, Danny. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah.